Psalms chapter number 95. We're going to start in verse number 1, and we'll read down to verse number 6. The Bible says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You again for this opportunity to be here this evening. Uh, Lord, Your people have come tonight to, to hear from You and to receive something, Father. And I pray that You would use me um, to be able to, to give that message, Lord. I pray that You would encourage us. Uh, and, Father, I pray that the name of Jesus Christ would be uplifted and glorified. In all these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Um, tonight's message is on continued blessings. You know, God's good to us. And uh, there's a lot of things that we experience in our lives. There's a lot of difficulty that we face. Uh, but it seems even in the midst of the difficulty and the, and the things that, that are always going on, um, that we can still see the many blessings of God present in our lives. Um, again, as I was thinking about what the Lord would, would have me to preach on, the, the Lord put my testimony um, in my mind. And, you know, a lot of times I'm a little bit hesitant to share my testimony, mainly because I, I don't want... I don't want it to seem as if I'm trying to be pitiful or anything like that. Please don't think that I am. I, I know um, by far people's had t tougher lives than I have. But I do want to share my testimony with you, um, not to not to uh, point out the difficulty and the bad, um, but more specifically to point out just how present God has always been in my life and has always taken care of me. Um, when I when I was a young man, when I was uh, oh well, I guess I still kind of am a young man, right? You know, my wife reminded me I'm balding on the way over here. Uh, I know, it's real. It's, she didn't even hear me. Um, uh, I, I grew up in Middle Tennessee, and uh, I, I was born to um, a respiratory therapist. My mother and my father was a uh, pilot in, in the Air National Guard. And uh, my, my dad, he flew fighter jets and C-130s and all these things, and he had a long Air Force career before I was born. I was 36 when he was born. And... Uh, no, I was no. He w he was 36 when I was born, and uh, y'all throw me off now. That's all right. That's all right. Um, he was 36 when I was born, and uh, when I turned six months old, he he passed away. He was in a uh, the C-130 that he was in. He was a uh, I believe a navigator. He was navigating that day, um, and the engines went out, and there was five men on board, and and. Uh, the, the two, I guess, of highest command, which was him and another man, were able to get the other three out first, and then my father and the other man um, passed away. Um, and so I, I grew up, you know, w without my biological father present in my life. Um, and as I got a little bit older, I remember going to church with my mom. Um, but I, I must admit, we weren't very faithful to church. Um, I remember that we would go periodically from time to time. I remember asking my mom about God and about heaven and things like that. And, and I remember her telling me, even though we weren't faithful to church, she, she taught me about salvation and how one day that God would show me my need of being saved. Um, well, as I got older, um, my mom remarried and, and had my younger sisters. And 
that marriage uh, didn't work out. My stepfather was uh, an alcoholic and a drug addict, um, and so my mother divorced him. And, and then, again, as it, once I got a little bit older, she married again. Um, and me and my two younger sisters and, and this man's son uh, all moved up here to Knoxville, and we were attending private Christian school. Um, at Knoxville Baptist Tabernacle, or Christian School over at Knoxville Baptist Tabernacle. And I can specific, I can remember a very real change happening in my mom's life while we were there. Um, now, my mom was saved when she was younger, but as I said, we weren't faithful to church. Um, but I remember she, she got very serious about her relationship with God, and she, um, she got everything out of the house that shouldn't have been in the house, and, and she was very dedicated to trying to live a pure and separated life for the Lord. Well, um, about the time that I was, uh, I guess, nine or ten years old, um, my stepfather that that um, that she had married took her life, um, and so then my mother was gone, um, and so here I am with, without a mother and a father, and I'm ten years old with two four-year-old sisters, um, and, and so we end up going and, and living with our grandparents and uh, the Webbers, uh, Judy and Freddie. They played a big part in, in raising us as well. Um, when I lived with my grandparents, they took us to church faithfully, a lot more faithfully than we had been. When I was 13, I was saved, praise the Lord. Um, and I, as I've continued to grow older, I've been able to see uh, see God work and be present in my life. Now, I say all of that to, to come to this. Um, I really don't know that I would, would be serving God the way that I am now had those things not happened to me. And it's so easy to look at the difficult things that we're going through and question God and wonder why. You know, I've had person after person when I was younger that would tell me, well, you know, that I can't believe this and you didn't deserve that and this and that. But listen, we're, we're living in a, in a, in a sin-stricken world, uh, a life of uh, lots of heartache, lots of tragedy, lots of sickness. Um, and we, we all encounter that difficulty in some, in some fashion, in some way or another. Um, if we're not careful, it's easy to uh, not look for God being there with us. But God is always present there with us at all times, throughout all of, throughout all of the difficulty. Yeah, you know, whenever I got older as a teenager, I, I had a little bit of a, a pity party. Um, and I got out and I lived in the world. And I decided that, I, you know, God had not done anything for me and and so i was i didn't have any reason to live for god um and i can tell you that was the most miserable time of my life to be away from god to uh to know just how much he loves me but to have turned my back on him and and so as i've gotten older and and i i uh, rededicated my life to the lord and have have uh, been determined to serve him to the best of my ability I can tell you that that's the best thing that has ever happened to me, to be born again and to serve God. So that's my own personal testimony, but the Lord has kind of led me tonight for us to go through three different places. It's a little bit different. I'm going to do a lot of reading. Um, I just kind of feel like that's the way the Lord's leading us tonight, is to read uh, the Scripture um, and to let God work in our hearts as we do that. But I want to look at three different uh, people that were enduring difficult times and see how God was present with them how God continued to bless their lives and help them. So if you would turn with me over to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter number 17. Like I said, we'll do a little bit of reading. If you'll just bear with me. You know, 
a lot of times we should we we say bear with me while we read. We shouldn't have to bear with somebody while we're reading the Word of God, right? We ought to just enjoy it. First Kings chapter seventeen, verse one. The Bible says, "And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word." And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook of Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook, and it came to pass, after a while, that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel, that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. Um, reading the story of Elijah, you can see, uh, no doubt, the difficulty and faith that it must have taken for him to have trusted the Lord during this time. Um, the first thing that I want to point out uh, tonight uh, is God's continued blessing of provision in our lives. Um, you know, there's never been a time in my life that I have truly been without. Uh, there has been times uh, that it, things might have been thin. There's been times that I might not have had all of the wants. Um, but there has never been a time that I have uh, reached uh, near starvation or, or uh, been uh, a thirst for so long that I, I, I wasn't able to quench that. God has always provided. Uh, he has continued that. Um, I want to say first, uh, personal provision. Look at verse three or verse four. Uh, the Lord uh, said, uh, "Drink of the brook, and I have commanded of the ravens to feed thee there." You know, a lot of us deal with difficult health and things like that, but every single one of us has been able to make it here tonight somehow, some way. Um, and God has provided for us personally in a way in which we are uh, fed, uh, in a way in which we are uh, we are much better off than much of this world. You know, I try to tell our young people all the time, uh, there's different places in the world right now where uh, people are starving, uh, where people are dying. Uh, there's places in this world where if they were to catch us reading the Bible, that they, they could uh, put us in prison or take our life for doing that. Um, but yet God continues to provide for us. God continues to bless us. You know, we had a, a prayer request tonight for our nation. 
um, our nation is not going in the direction that it ought to be going. Now, I'm not talking politics. Um, I'm just talking uh, the history of our nation as of lately. Um, turning its back on morality, saying that what it, whatever feels right is acceptable. Um, as, a, as a people, we ought to recognize that the provision God has provided uh, has continued uh, because of his love for us, but also because we have, we have worshipped and followed him and kept his commandments uh, and continue to try to live within the, the uh, teaching and preaching of the word of God. Um, when we turn our back on that as a nation or as a people, um, then God can start to remove his hand from us. Um, and so we have that personal provision. But then also look at verse number 15. Um, it says that she did as Elijah had said. I'm sorry. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. So he was there many days. God didn't just provide the personal provision of the food, but he also provided the material provision for him as well and a place to stay. Um, you know, again, there's, there's many people in this world that don't have a place to lay their head. There's many people in the city that don't. You know, you can drive downtown and there's people under the bridge, and we've all been through there, that, that are, uh, you know, hooked on drugs or they're alcoholics, or but they might just be having a bad time or they might be uh, uh, mentally impaired in some way, uh, and they don't even have a place to lay, lay their head. Um, yet most of us, if not all of us, as far as I know, have somewhere that we can stay, even if it's with a friend or a family member that God has provided for us. Now, I'm saying all of this to to try to encourage you and try to remind you that, yes, we deal with difficult things. Yes, we're facing tragedy. Yes, we have sickness and all all of these uh, difficult things that we're having to to every single day wake up to. Yet God's continually present there with us if we'll look to see uh, how he's there and what he's continuing to do and continuing to bless us. So we have personal provision and material provision. Then look at verse number 17. I'm going to read just a little bit more. It says, And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom. And carried him up into the lo- into a loft where he abode, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord, and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times, and cried unto the Lord, and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is true. You know, God provides for for, uh, personal things and material things, but also he provides for us spiritually. Um, I'm thankful that uh, we have church uh, services three plus times a week. Lots of places don't have that. Uh, I, I feel very blessed that we that we have a church that we can attend where we can hear uh, preaching on a regular basis. I don't know about you, but I need that. Uh, life's just a little bit too difficult for me to go without the preaching of the Word of God in my life. And God God always seems to uh, to help in a way of uh, giving me exactly what I need right when I need it um, to continue to do that. I, I try to 
teach our young our young people so much to they need to make the decision now in their life uh, about being faithful to the house of God. Because as you get older, as you become an older teenager and a young adult and you start working or you go to college or you get serious about a career, it becomes so difficult to do that and become serious about uh, about the house of God and about being faithful to God's house. Um, but it, it's it's necessary for God to be able to speak, uh, to be able to feed us spiritually and to help us spiritually. I also say I'm thankful to have uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that I know that pray for me and that pray for my family. Um, you know, just as we've prayed for those that have not been able to be here tonight, there's been times I haven't been able to be here. No doubt there's been some pray for me and times that you haven't that we've prayed for one another. Um, you know, I have I have friends. I have one specifically that um, has, has kind of thrown his hands up with church. Um, and it, it's very... Uh, it's very discouraging for me because this was a person that really encouraged me a lot to get serious about my relationship with the Lord um, by watching them and seeing just how how bold they were to tell others about Christ. Um, but yet it, they've kind of thrown their hands up about it and just kind of said, "Why, you know, I just uh, church people are hypocrites and all that stuff." The same old song that we've all heard before, um, you know. But let me say this, and, and we all know this that as far as worshiping with brothers and sisters in Christ. I know you're not perfect. <laughs> and you ought to know I'm not perfect, too. And, and there's been times that, that I have let people down here, and there's been times I've been let down. But I don't come to church because of me or you. I come to church because I need feeding. I need the Lord's blessing. Uh, I need to see God's guidance given to me. I want to see my, my children brought up in church and come to, uh, to trust in Christ. Um, those are the things that we come for. So God, God provides for us. Let us never forget God's continued provision for us. Now let's turn over to Daniel chapter number 6. <clears throat> Daniel chapter number 6, starting in verse number 16. It says, Then the king commanded... And they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth, that they, ha uh, that they have no hurt. Uh, I'm sorry. My God sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouths uh, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, I have done no hurt. Let me say also that God protects us. As Daniel was in the lion's den, um, uh, I'm sure that there was great fear within him. Um, and there's been times in my life, and I'm sure times in your life, and when you were fearful and unsure of, of what might happen next, um, uh, uh, somebody that you, you might lose, uh, a, a loved one, 
or, or maybe a job or something like that or, or a child or something of that nature or maybe uh, put in a situation to where you were fearful of your own life. Um, Daniel was in that posi- position, but yet God continued to protect him as well. Um, God protects us, uh, one, from Satan. Uh, you know, uh, the Bible, as a matter of fact, I'll just turn to it here. We're all familiar with this verse. The Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. As a, ro- as a roaring lion, the Bible says that Satan is. Um, you know, just like God has a will for your life, the devil does too. And just like God has a, has a plan to, to, uh, to use you to be his vessel, to, to glorify his son Jesus Christ, uh, the devil has a, a plan for you as well, a will for you to, uh, to destroy you, to hurt you, and to ruin you. Um, again, with our young people, I, I, th- there's a great satanic attack on our young people. Um, you know, things are more difficult for them than they were uh, for me, uh, and, and it just gets continually worse year by year. Uh, and the things that they have to face and the things that they have to endure and the decisions that they have to make at the age that they have to make them uh, would blow our minds if, we, if they had been presented to us at their age. Um, there is a very real satanic attack going on in their lives. But, um, as I tell them, I, I will encourage you all as well, again, as we walk with God, God's present there with us, protecting us. God, God, God's present there with us, making sure that, that anything that we may encounter, anything that we may have to endure, any type of satanic attack, that God is there with us. But let me also say, God protects us from the things of this world. This world openly rejects the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, if you try to live as a Christian in the workplace, there's a good chance that somebody will have something to say about it. If you try to hang up a tract in your desk or cubicle or something like that, you know, that's not even allowed in a lot of places. Heaven forbid somebody try to tell somebody else about heaven, right? Um, you know, uh, but this world is against you as a, as a born-again Christian. Um, and that can be discouraging, but let it be encouraging knowing that we have uh, we have God on our side, we have God helping us, we have God opening doors for us. Uh, you know, our our, our uh, focus every day ought to be to see what God would have us to do as far as uh, sharing the gospel with others that day. Uh, we ought to look for those opportunities. You know, uh, a lot of times we we kind of get in church and we feel like, well, we know it or I've heard it or you know do you know I'd like to hear something different or more. Um, you know, but yet you got to ask yourself, did you share the gospel today? Did you, did you tell somebody about Christ today? Um, and if the answer is no, then we need continued encouragement to do that. You know, people are dying and going to hell every single day. That door is all is, is, is still open and people are still dying and going to hell every single day. We ought to be sharing the gospel with others um, uh, continually. So God protects us from Satan. God protects us from the world. But let me also say God protects us uh, from ourselves. Um, as well, let me turn over to the book of Romans. You can follow me if you want to. Romans chapter number seven. Chapter seven. Verse number fifteen. Verse number fifteen. It says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. 
For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Um, I'll admit to you, I've read that many times in my life. Uh, many times I have thought of myself, O oh, wretched man that I am. Um, you know, it, it's a, what, what a truth to, to know that uh, even as we try to do good, as we try to live pure, um, that somehow we all, uh, of, our own, of our own decision, still allow sin in. Still, that, that nature still comes up in us and, and uh, leads us to, to sin. Um, and how we have to, to continually ask the Lord for forgiveness. You know, uh, when you work, when you do ministry work, regardless of what capacity that's in, um, the, the devil likes to always tell you that you're not sufficient enough. Um, now, that doesn't just mean working in the church. That also means sharing the gospel. Um, the, uh, you know, a lot of times you, you start telling yourself, you don't know enough scripture to share the gospel. What if somebody comes back with with this answer or with that answer, and you don't know how to share? The, you know what? What if you don't know where to go in the Bible for this and that? You know, when it comes to things like that, you just have to let the Lord do the guiding. You have to let the Lord give you uh, the words. You you have to let God do all of the work there. Um, of course, study your Bible, know your Bible to the best of your ability, but don't let the the sin nature that's in you. Um, uh, put you in a position to where you're too afraid to share the gospel with other people. There's been many times that I have known that God wanted me to talk to somebody about the Lord, and I've just said no. Is the, the the wretched man that I am just said no? I, it, it's it's not convenient, or I don't know that person, or how would I start that conversation, or what would they say to me? You know, let me tell you very honestly. You will find, I promise. You will find most people you share the gospel with are willing to listen to you. Now they might they might after a minute or two hush you, but I promise I, I have had much more doors stay open for me, for people willing for me to actually tell them who I am and and about the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done in my life than I've had people slam the door in my face. And that that goes the same for for work or or anywhere else for that matter. Um, you'll find that that uh, that, that door is open. Um, but yet our own sin nature um, can hurt us if we're not cautious. You know, I told you when I was an older teenager, I, I decided to throw myself a pity party and got out in the world. Um, I'm, I'm 31 years old, balding. Uh, I've got three kids. You know, I, I, I try to serve the Lord here at church. And this is just the truth. The sin nature that's in me, it wouldn't take but that for me to be back in the world if some if I was to just make the decision. And that, don't don't. Hopefully, you don't think of me too high as if I wouldn't do something like that. And I hate to break it to you, I don't think of you too highly to think that you wouldn't do something like that either. We have a sin nature that if we're not very cautious. 
can hurt us very detrimentally in our lives. And so the way that we combat that is by letting God be present there with us in our life. There's nothing that beats walking with God every day. Now, I'm not just talking about being born again. I was born again when I was 13 years old, but it wasn't until I was about 20 or 21 years old that I actually understand what it meant to every single day uh, have God present there in my life, to actually be walking with Him, praying continually out the day, looking forward to reading His Word, seeing Him answer my prayers. That happens when we live uh, a life devoted to the Lord. So God will uh, provide for us. He'll protect us. And then also the last one here is, is God's continued blessings of promise. Turn with me over to Joshua. Joshua chapter number 2. And this is the story of Rahab. I love the story of Rahab because I think it's a beautiful picture of salvation. Joshua chapter 2, verse number 8. We're going to read starting at verse 8. It says, And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what she did unto the two kings of the Amorites uh, that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither uh, did uh, neither did the remain any more courage in, in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house. And give me a true token, and that you will save alive my father and mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the lamb, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by board through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterwards may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou dost let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother, and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head. And if any hand be upon, uh, and if any hand be upon him, and if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. So the story of, of Rahab, we know the spies that had come in uh, to Jericho, um, and, and Rahab had concealed them and kept them from getting caught, um, and, and they had made uh, the oath with her, this promise with her, um, that her life would be saved. Um, God has made uh, great promises to us, his people, his, uh, his children. Um, one being, uh, we have the promise we'll never have to see 
Uh, we'll never have to see or smell the smoke of hell. We'll never experience that. We'll never have to be in that, not a single day. Every single one of us in here deserve that. Um, there's, there's not a, a thing in this world that makes me worthy of spending an eternity in the presence of a holy and almighty God. Um, but through Jesus Christ making a way, I can, and I'll never have to experience hell. You know, we have that great promise uh, that we don't have to do that. That's something worth, and I know I just mentioned this, but that's something worth sharing with others. Uh, to, to share with others that, that how much Christ loves them and that, that they don't have to face that. But let me also say that there was a promise to Rahab for a new life. Um, look at verse 1 real quick. It says, Joshua, the son of Nun, uh, sent, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged, uh, lodged there. Rahab was a harlot or a prostitute. Um, she was a, a woman that would have been considered uh, dirty or filthy. Um, and and it, it is her, her life is a picture of sin. Um, when you got born again, you've got the, you got the opportunity for a new life in Jesus Christ. To be a new, to be a new creature, to be different. Um, you know, can I say that the times that I that I sin, the times that I'm disobedient to God, I'm thankful the Holy Spirit convicts me. I'm thankful for the draw of the Lord to say, "Come back, don't don't go that direction." To be a child of God, we have we have uh, we have that promise of this new life that we can have. Again, can I tell you the life that I have now serving God is better than the life that I ever had when I was running out with the world. You know, this world, uh, it makes a lot of promises for you, um, but it always falls through. It always lets you down, um, but, but the Lord never lets you down. Um, and then also, lastly, we have the promise of, of eternal life. Again, in, in verse number uh, 21 there, it talks about the, uh, the scarlet line. Uh, you know, that Rahab, as long as, long as she had uh, had that out the window, then her life was to be saved. Uh, and we have the, the scarlet line. We have the blood of Christ upon us if we've been born again. Uh, God sees his righteousness. Uh, God, God uh, considers us one of his own. Um, and I'm thankful that, the, that when the day comes that I draw my last breath, um, that there won't be any worry or concern that, I, that I'll be in heaven and in the presence of God. Um, so I, I say all of this tonight to, to bring it to a close to say this. Um, God is there with us if we'll look for it. And I know, I know that you're. I know that that some of you at, at times are enduring difficult things in your lives, and I don't know what they are. Um, and I, I I don't know exactly, you know, why the Lord wanted me to to give this message tonight. I know it most certainly not the flashiest message, but we must be encouraged that God is God is providing for us. God 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 is there to protect us. God has promises for us, and and just like these. Just like Elijah and just like Daniel and just like uh, Rahab and, and these things that we've read here, God never left them. God was always there present. God, those promises were for, fulfilled. And so you can take comfort in knowing if you're, born, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, that God's present there with you and that you can always look to Him, you can always lean on Him and depend on Him. So let's bow our head and close our eyes.